0: Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire.
1: Peace be with you. Friends, today we commence this wonderful and holy season of Lent. And to me, it's very interesting now. On this first Sunday of Lent, the church asks us to meditate on animals. What? animals? Well, yes. Listen to the first reading from the book of Genesis. We hear that the floodwaters have receded, the ark of Noah is resting on dry ground, and Noah is spoken to by God. Listen. See, I am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame And wild animals. The second reading too today from Paul, from Peter rather, draws attention back to Noah's ark. Covenants. God makes them throughout the Bible. There's a covenant with Abraham, a covenant with Moses, a covenant with David. Jesus himself says, this is the cup of my blood of the new and everlasting covenant. But this is the first one. The first covenant made, God's contract, God's agreement, is made with Noah. And listen again. I'm establishing this covenant with you and your descendants, quite right, with human beings, and, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and various tame and wild animals. Huh. The covenant has to do not just with us, but in some sense with all of creation. We're all implicated in God's plan, all of us, every creature. This, of course, is consistent throughout the Bible. The Bible is a very cosmic book. Read any book of the Bible with this rubric in mind. I think you'll see it. Earlier in the book of Genesis, we hear about the creation. Not just of human beings, but God's creation of all things. We hear descriptions of planets and plants and animals, even all the things that creep and crawl upon the earth, even the insects are somehow ingredient in God's great plan. We also hear that the fall has affected not just us, but the fall in some sense affects all of creation, all of it, the cosmic sense in the Bible. You see it now everywhere. Read the Psalms. The psalmist is always proclaiming the beauty of the heavens. He's talking about the animals and the plants. He talks about the fish that swim in the seas. All of it give glory to God. All of it witnesses to God's presence. Look in the great book of Job. When Job tries to understand his suffering, what does God do? God gives him a tour of the cosmos. As if to say, Job, what you're experiencing is part of a much wider reality. The reality of the animals and the plants and the planets and the birds and the seas, all of creation. This idea, too, comes up in the great Catholic tradition. Thomas Aquinas, for example, sees us as part of a great chain of being, a great hierarchy of being. Yes, we're creatures, but we're part of a much wider context of creatures. Thomas says that vegetables and animals like us have souls. In fact, the word animal is derived from the Latin word anima for soul. We're connected to these other creatures. How about Francis of Assisi, who blithely speaks of brother sun and sister moon. That's not just a nice poetic figure. That's good Catholic metaphysics. All things coming forth from the one God are ontological siblings. Do you see what I mean? We are brothers and sisters at the most basic level of our being because all of us are creatures coming forth from the one God. And therefore, in some way, all of us are part of one great divine plan. What is that plan? That we all find Oneness in God, connectedness. You know where else you can see this? I might have spoken to you about it before. In the great Gothic cathedrals that I love so much. You will find the whole cosmos depicted. Oh, lots of statues and images of of human beings, of course. You're also gonna find planets and plants and birds and all of the cosmos. Somehow we're all part of God's design, God's plan. How about this, too? How often in the lives of the saints, animals figure prominently. That great story told of St. Francis preaching to the birds. Also, when he tames the wolf of Gubbio, remember? There was a wolf that was terrorizing this Italian town of Gubbio. They call on the holy man, and Francis tames and calms the animal. St. Meinrad and his raven, St. Jerome and his lion. These aren't just charming folk tales. They're speaking this deep biblical truth that somehow in God, all things in the universe are connected, are meant to be one, meant to be reconciled. Now, does this strike us as weird? Yeah, a little bit all this language I've been using strikes us maybe as a little odd. In fact, we might say, well, that sounds like New Age pantheism or something. No, 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 no. I'll tell you why it strikes us as odd. Because we are all of us heirs of modernity. We are all of us heirs of that great modern shift in philosophy that happened in the 17th century. One of the marks of modernity is a very strong anthropocentrism. I mean, centered on the human being. And a tendency to see nature as something to be mastered. Oh, read the great discourse on method of René Descartes, probably the founding father of modernity. Descartes clearly sees nature as something we are called upon to order and control. Now, to some degree, is that good? Of course it is, sure. Thank God for it. But you know, it's very different from the classical view and the biblical view. For Aristotle, the classical Greek philosopher, we wonder at nature. We're amazed at nature. We seek in fascination to know it. Also for Aristotle, in many ways, we are humbled by nature. We realize that we're less than nature. All that is undermined, turned around in modernity, where now things are focused on the human being and nature is something that we control. One reason, by the way, that we moderns feel alienated from nature is just this fact. Because we strive so much to control it and to master it, we're cut off from it. Oh, how the psalmist loves to reflect on the changing seasons. How he's amazed, fascinated by the wind and the rain and the snow. Well, these are elements that we largely keep at bay. We want to control them so we can be comfortable. That's a modern heritage. The Bible would have seen this alienation from nature as one of the faces of sin. Look how it works. In sin, we turn in on ourselves. Away from God, and we turn inward on ourselves. What does that do? It separates us from each other. Yes, it does. And the Bible describes that in a thousand different ways. But it also separates us from the rest of creation. Separates us from the cosmos, from nature. And how beautifully symbolized all this is in the flood. That's why that story is so archetypal, even for us now. What does sin do? It produces floodwaters that carry us away in separate directions. Let that image now stay in your mind. Floodwaters that carry us away separately from each other human beings separated, yes, but also all the animals, all the plants, all the elements carried away separately. That's the tragedy of sin in its grand cosmic dimension. So what's the purpose of God's covenants, the first one now with Noah? The purpose of the covenants of God is to reunite creation. When we learn once again to walk in the ways of the Lord, when we learn once again to turn to God, we, listen now, in that very move, find our unity with everything else in the cosmos. Because when you turn to God, you find through that great center that which connects you to all that God has made. The covenants are meant to heal us as a people, yes, and as a cosmos. Now, now, with that background in mind, let's glance at the very short gospel the church gives us for this first Sunday of Lent. It describes Jesus' journey into the desert after his baptism. The desert, the place of lifelessness, that's a symbol for sin. That's what sin has done. It's divided us from each other, divided us from creation, and now there's an empty, desolate place. Where does Jesus go? He goes into that place. Carrying the love and the mercy and the power and the forgiveness of God into that desolate place. He moves into our divided world. But now listen to what Mark says. And symbolically, this is fascinating. He says, He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, can I suggest to you, that's a beautiful image. It's a beautiful kind of icon. Jesus in the desert, reconciling the angelic, And the animal, the spiritual and the corporeal. The angels wait on him and he's with the wild beasts. Do you see now how, like a magnet, he's drawing all of creation together around him? Look at are the angels part of creation? Yes, they are. There's a spiritual realm too. The creed says, Lord, you've made all things seen and unseen and has God made the animals plants yes even the things that creep and crawl upon the earth yes yes and all of it is meant to be united around God's love so now look at Jesus again on this first Sunday of Lent Jesus as the magnetic force that links together all the elements of creation Lent is a time of healing. It's a time when we hear, once again, resonating in our hearts these covenants to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to David, the great covenant of Jesus. The reconciling power of heaven and earth, of things seen and unseen. Let the power of that covenant resonate in you throughout the season of Lent. And God bless you.
0: Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.